up, YouTube world? It's your boy, Nightmare 10, once again, back on the YWC Football Talk podcast, and I cannot wait to get into a lot of NFL football, baby. Let's do this. Griff, thank you for having me again. Episode number 266, folks, starting off with a bang. This all started to come together about two months ago because, shout out to you, Randy, uh, who said, hey, you got to get Nightmare 10 back on the pod. It has been a while. There's been a lot of guests come and go, but you know what? You got to respect your OGs, and that's what Phil is doing here. We have a lot of NFL to talk about. It is Friday when we're recording, so it is Victory Friday for some of us. But you know what? I want to go to college ball first to start because I haven't recorded since this, and I have one question for you. Did FSU get screwed? Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, I called this on Twitter. I, I, I just messaged you I actually like soon before it happened. And I was like, they're going to put them in. It's hundred percent going to happen. They don't want to blow out. They want a competitive game. Um, and they don't want to leave an SEC team out. I think it's a mixture of both. Like I know a lot of people were talking about it being, you know, about SEC, but I, I do think it's a mixture of both. They just don't want to sit there and, and watch the team get blown out. They've seen that too many times. So, but I'm sorry, Florida state has, you there is no, like, you can't make excuses. I understand the quarterback's out. He yeah. has – it's a team effort, right? Like, it, it it just does a lot to that university. I'm not you know, – I mean, I have no ties to Florida State whatsoever. But, like, come on. Like, they won the big – like, what what more can they do? Like, if Bama is undefeated and they lose their starting quarterback, they're in the college football playoff. If Ohio State – in fact, it did happen to Ohio State. They're in. So yep. these why why is Florida State not in because they lost their quarterback? I don't I just don't understand that. Like yeah, had they lost, okay, then they would have been out. One loss, Florida State team would have been out. But they 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 went undefeated. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I look at it from a couple of perspectives. One being that if Bama was getting in, Texas a thousand percent was getting in if both won their conferences, which that's what happened. Because Texas has the win over Bama, but I feel like everyone looks at. Alabama from where not only is it like the gold standard shout out Ross but um when you look at Alabama you saw the SEC commissioner last week going kind of like oh yeah the SEC is always there yada 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 so it's I feel like there is the SEC bias I feel like they're just kind of delivering the low blow like you're looking for the easy excuse to get out it's kind of like when when a guy gets friend zoned by a girl he really likes where it's like oh you're a good guy but this it's kind of that with FSU it's like oh you're a great team but your starting quarterback broke his leg. It's like that's those are outcomes you can't control. Now, obviously, Bama did their part and won the SEC championship. But Florida State, too, ran the table, went 13-0. I know Big Rat hates us talking about this right now because he's a Miami Hurricane fan. But at the same time, you have to give them their due. And even if now – and now you have Florida State and Georgia playing in a game that no one's going to care about. And the Orange Bowl still is a game of meeting to college football. So it's just a downward trickle effect, which Georgia, look, I'm not going to write that off just because, look, they lost the game. I don't think they deserve to get it. I don't know saying it, it's about the best, but it's the best who win. But at the same time, too, with this all, it's just you got to do what's right. And I feel like a lot of the times now, in the last chance, they had to do what was right. Because, look, next year goes to 12. Because next year when it's a battle between 12 no, and 13. eight, right? It's not 12. No, it's 12. It? It's 12? Oh, yeah. my God. I thought it was so eight. Th- I want to talk about that because I, I wasn't saying was this. Four was too little. It's like, it's like Goldilocks. You know, this porridge is too cold. This porridge is too hot. This porridge is just right. Four was not enough. Twelve is way too many teams. Way too many teams. You're gonna get blowout central, man. That's it's just the thing. it's just the facts because there's not twelve equal teams in college football, but there could no. be about four or five, right? Like there could be. Like I know there's yeah. usually two really good teams, and then everybody else is kind of there. But if if the next step down of those three, four, five, six teams, like teams in that area, uh, the three, four, five, and six, like 
they could still be competitive enough to steal one. Like, you know, so it's just like, but like, then we're, now we're talking like, I would love to see Coastal Carolina. Like, I would go and say that I'd love to see my, my boys get into the college football playoff because it's 12. But if we face number one, we most likely are going to get smashed. And it's and not going to be fun. But at least the thing, thing we made it, I guess, is that. And, and the other thing, too, with it is, is a lot of these games are going to be taking places at campuses and then eventually it trickles into bowl games. So I get why they're doing it. They're expanding it. But it's kind of like when you ask someone to do something, but they overkill it as opposed to just doing something for the sake of doing it. That's what I feel like where the committee really got got like got it wrong with the 12 team because, look, I know everyone's saying, oh, it's going to give some programs exposure. You're going to get an ass whooping nine times out of 10. And that 10th time, a, a, an 11 seed or a 12 seed may get the upset. But like, if you have like Florida State going up against, let's just say Liberty. I know Liberty's ranked lower, but Florida State's going to walk them. It's just, it's that's the thing where if you have eight, like, like let's, I'm, I'm curious right now and I'm going to look up the, you know what? Let's yeah, look. who would be the 12 right now? Yeah. Yeah. But I, well, while you're looking that up, like, I, I, th- I think that, like, I just think eight was a good number. I think once you're getting to 12, you're just getting into those teams that are just kind of be happy they got it. They made it. So this is for sporting news. This is what a 12-team playoff would look like. So the top four seeds all get a bye. But your first matchup would be Missouri against Oregon. Oregon would take care of them no problem. Florida State versus Liberty, like I mentioned. Florida State takes care of them no problem. Georgia versus Ole Miss. We, that, they played earlier this year and Ole Miss got killed. Yeah. And then Penn State, Ohio State, like the same thing happened. Ohio State's looked really good this year, but against the top schools, they've looked bad. And then eventually, so then... Like, the winner of Penn State, Ohio State would play Washington. So, if we got, like, a Washington versus Ohio State game, that would be electric. Uh, Georgia versus Texas, same thing. And then, like, Alabama versus Florida State. And then, it'd be like, Michigan versus Oregon. So, the first round, it's going to be, like, because I feel like everyone's expecting, like, you know, what you see in March, where you see a Cinderella team. I doubt you're going to see that. Like, where every year there's a team that comes up out of nowhere, like a St. Peter's, like a um, Florida Atlantic last year. You're not going to get that with this playoff. You're going to get teams that, you know what, just get whooped from jump. And that's not what we want to see. But if you had one versus eight in there, hey, a matchup between a Michigan and an Oregon, that would be electric football. And you could see, like, I feel like if a team's eight, then they they deserve to be eight. You know, they deserve to be, like, respected in a sense. I'm not saying that at 12 they don't, but, like, I just think – like I think it with six or eight, well six, you 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 know you have the buys or whatever, but yeah, with eight it's like it allows that okay now we can let a few of those teams that would never make it in right like but with twelve like I just feel like that's gonna now put you where they're gonna put too many SEC teams in yeah or too many Big Ten teams in just because they're all ranked high and it's like okay well we already saw this they they figured this out in the regular season so. My thing is, I know college is different than NFL, but it's coming becoming closer and closer to the NFL, right? So, like, if you, if this is your playoff system, then you need to be, okay, you win your conference, you're in. Yep. And I don't know how you rank the, like, uh, I mean, I know, I know there's a power five, so maybe you pick three more conferences, and then you have four out of, like, like at large, or what do you want to call it? You, um, probably, you probably do all your conference winners, which is, like, SEC, yeah. Big Ten, SEC. Big 12, ACC, uh, Pac-12 is obviously dissolved, so you don't go there anymore. So now it's like, hey, does the Mountain West get first dibs? Does the Conference USA, like, it's the MAC? How does it all work out? I think it's just honestly going to be whoever, like, the conference championship is, the winner, and then the runner-up. Like, it's kind of like, hey, you're in the conference championship, you're kind of playing for, like, home field advantage. So 
that's all that is. But um, moving on now to a more important subject. Obviously, look, you and I haven't spoken in a while, so we haven't talked a lot about what's going on in Foxborough this year. Um, I'm here to say this right now. I know there's a lot of fans that are conflicted. I've had a few. I had someone text me about it, just being like, "Hey, like I don't know how to feel about the win." And I'm like, you know what? It's a football game. At the end of the day, you celebrate the wins, you dissect the losses, and you know what? It doesn't hurt the draft stock at the moment. And now we know, look, who to start the rest of the year, and also too, it's that like ground now where you know, hey, play the season out strong, and we move on and we march on to next season. But for now, enjoy Victory Friday, Patriots Nation. I'm gonna be honest. When we're talking about in the moment, we're in the season. Yeah, F the, I don't know what I can say on here, but F the draft. Yeah, I don't care about the draft right now. Like, yeah, do I, when the season's done, okay, this was our ranking. Okay, now what can we get with this ranking? That's how I feel. Like, seeing a team just flat out get destroyed every week is not fun. I don't care. Like, I understand that, like, three more wins, what that does to our draft stock, I don't care. What that does to our team, though, is it's a team that's battling and showing heart with all the things going on with it injuries also you know just lack of skill in in certain areas too like to see a win like that like i'm impressed by it i'm happy about it i'm not worried about oh that maybe we won't make it i mean i've seen jet fans danny shout out danny you know going out there pastor stupid i can't believe they won like or whatever it was he said and i'm like look this like you don't want there's like yes you want to get us your your star quarterback and all that but the Patriots aren't just, in my opinion, aren't a, and you can agree or disagree, Griff, aren't just a quarterback away from just being good again. Like they might be like an elite, elite quarterback away, but there's no guarantee that you're going to get that elite, elite quarterback. I know there's top guys like Drake May and, and Caleb Williams, but until I see them in the on the field and and winning in New England, I'm not going to just assume they're going to take us to the promised land right away. Like we have a lot of other pieces that we need. And so I'm need the, to get healthy. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you too. Like defense, like defense is pretty solid. They just need to shore up the pass rush because they've seen that all year where the pass rush has not been there ever since Matthew Judon went down. But then it's offense. That's the thing. The defense is holding its own. But I've seen this analogy. And I love the quote that the offense is a bunch of clowns driving the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile, where it's just it's <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So you have, to sh- you have to improve the offensive line. You have to get a wide receiver one. You have to shore up your tight end core. You have to running backs a huge question mark now, which we'll see where that goes. But no, I've always said this where next year it's not about making playoffs. It's just about being that competitive team like we saw in 22 where, you know, hey, you steal a couple – not even stealing games. You just, you know, you win some games that you should win, kind of like how this year they let the Giants game, the Commanders game, let those games get by them. Like those are games that they should have won. So if they can win those games, it's kind of, hey, right now 3-10, and 10, that's 5-8. and eight. Or even if you get to another one, that's 6-7, and seven, that's 7-5. Seven and five. You're somewhere in that territory. As long as they're a team that's in the hunt next year, I'm completely okay with it. I'm looking towards 2025 and 2026. Like even when I say stuff about like draft stock after like the Chargers loss, and I'm just like another example of a game they could have won or should have won, is my basically being like, oh, draft stock's approved, and everyone's like, oh, look how the mighty have fallen. And I'm like, yeah, at the same time, too, we knew this wasn't going to last forever. And we also knew, too, that this process is just a long-term process. You can't think short-term in the NFL. You have to think of, you know, a five- to ten-year window of success. New England, obviously, look, they had a hop, skip, and a jump, and they got very lucky to get to where they got in winning six championships. But at the same time, too, you have to look at it from a logical standpoint of not how do they get back there, but how do they get back to being competitive? Because we've seen this happen before with a lot of teams where they have peaks and valleys, they have ups and downs, and right now it's down, and New England's just looking to get up. And, where, and how long that takes or if they get there, 
I 100% agree with you. It's not just a quarterback away. It's not just like when Tom went to Tampa and it's like, hey, they won a Super Bowl. Tom got there because we saw Tampa had all the pieces. No, New England doesn't have the pieces. New England's got to figure it out. They got to stay healthy. And like I said, too, they got to win a couple games that they're close games and they got to steal a couple games. Kind of like what we saw from the Vikings last year. You know, the Vikings went 11 and 0 and won score games for a reason. This year, it hasn't gone their way. Giants, the same thing, too. I know I like the dunk on Daniel Jones a lot and it gets the eye of some people on Twitter. But with the Giants, last year, everything fell the other way. It's kind of like like the NFL season, in a sense, it's like playing poker. You know, you're going to get some good hands, and you're going to get some bad hands. It's just, unfortunately, a hand lasts the whole season. Yeah, and, I, and to piggyback on what you're saying, I think it's just more about the identity. We need a, we don't have yeah. an identity right now. And I think the identity, of course, there's, there's some things under that. Um, I think, you know, we need to have an identity. We need to work on the what we, like, okay, what, what do we do well? Here's yes. the things we don't do well. And I'll be honest too. Like, look, you know me, and everybody that w- watches this has known me long enough, or most people have. Like, I'm a positive fan when it comes yeah. to I trust my team, I trust their judgment, I trust Bill. I've always been like that. But that being said, this is the first instance where, not the first instance necessarily, but the major instance where it's affecting the overall team, right? Not just like, okay, like I, I had my issues with like Wes Walker not getting resigned, things like that back in the day. But this is something that's legit affecting the overall team yep. so how do i trust that this organization is just going to plug in another quarterback and be okay like so I, just, I i think that a lot of people are asking for bill's head i'll be honest i'll be completely honest i don't know what the answer is i just know what we're doing is not the answer i'm, I'm not going to try to act like i have this powerful head <laughs> uh, you know this powerful brain that just knows exactly what what the answer is because i don't have that but i you know is that taking GM rights away from Bill? Sure, maybe. Is it moving on from Bill altogether? I don't know. I don't know what that answer is right now. My whole thing with the Bill stuff is it's about not moving on necessarily, but like moving on. Let's call it that. We'll call it moving on. But it's moving on in the sense where it's right for both parties. It's kind of like us in the real world where you know what? I I know you recently. I don't know if you're still the same company, but I know you moved. You left. You left one store. But I just left. Yeah, I left a different new company. Yeah, I left. So you left. So that's the thing. Like you loved, you loved what you did. You enjoyed your time there. It's like a job, you know, you enjoyed your time there, but in a sense too, Hey, you got to look at what's best for you. It's like, what has what Robert Kraft has to do right now? What is best for the long-term health of this organization long after he goes? And I, I know that's a very weird thing to say, but look, Robert Kraft's not a young man. He's in his eighties. No. Um, no, so is. It's like the same thing with the Dallas Cowboys too, where Jerry, it's kind of like, Hey, you have to look out for the long-term future to when one day when you're not there anymore running it. Cause we all know, Jerry Jones will probably be there up until his last days. So that's just my thing with it, where it's a healthy, a healthy exit, I feel like, is needed. But at the same time, too, there's a small voice in my head saying I wouldn't be shocked to see him back next year. Yeah, I think there just needs to be some kind of leash as far as the GM role. Because I think coaching-wise, I think he, I just think he's not adapting offensively-wise, at least the, from what we can, we can only see what we, you know, Maybe he's trying his best, and it is just the talent. I don't know. But it just from what we can tell, like he's just not – I mean, obviously the talent, it still goes back to him. So I think defensively he's fine. I would be – I would be – if you told me today that you, that he's staying in as head coach, but Kraft is bringing somebody in to help with the GM side and that Bill still has a say, but like that there's someone that also has a say, that I'd probably be okay with that, just at least trusting it. But then if next year it's the same, we're in the same boat, then at that point you just have to, to part ways. But one thing I will say real quick about this whole thing is once again, people are changing the narrative about Bill. This is just about Bill, not about where we're going to move on or not. All right. All that you know this, 
the whole time that Brady played and Bill played together, it was Bill Belichick and Brady was just a system guy. Like it, it, it kind of faded for most people, but people still held on to that argument. Second, Brady goes to Tampa and wins the championship. Now, Bill can't coach. It was all Brady. Like that's what I hear from. I mean, not fans, not the educated fans, but the ones that just yeah. spit nonsense. Now it's Bill Belichick is nothing without Tom Brady. And listen, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve criticism. We we both have just agreed on that. Yeah, he does. He does deserve criticism. But at the same time, don't dis credit everything that it took to to tango it took both of them and it took both of them working and i think that people just want that scapegoat they want to be like oh it's, it can't be both it can't be both but it actually can be both because there wouldn't be brady wouldn't have had some of the greatest defenses if it wasn't for belichick so the first that's one thing i like to drill their first three super bowls were all predicated on defense people like to look at the patriots what they were from 10 years ago because in the nfl it's always that what have you done for me lately? Like you only the real football nuts and heads look at the historian standpoint of the game where it's like, look, if you look at those first three things and also too, I'm going to say this right now, Feb- Friday, February 16th, Apple TV, the documentary is coming out about the dynasty. Yeah. You're going to learn a lot from there. I don't know. And I'm, I, I hope it's not what the Florida Gators one was. I feel like I was the only person on in the world who actually enjoyed watching the Florida Gators doc because I didn't look at it from the perspective of, oh, they're doing this for this. I just looked at it from, hey, this is cool. These guys love to play football, and it was a fun story to watch. So I feel like we're – I hope they really pe- – not peel back the curtain fully, but we get like a, a basic understanding of, hey, this is what happened for 20 years. There is a book out that I've preached on the show many times, The Dynasty by Jeff Benedict. Phil, I don't know if you've read it. If you haven't – I haven't read it yet, but I want to. I know you've talked about it, yeah. Fantastic book. Fant- ask, for it for, ask for it for Christmas. Um, it's it's just a really good read, and you learn a lot of the ins and outs, and even you know that when Tom left, it wasn't an ugly divorce, that it was a mutual parting of ways. It was a, I have to do what's best for me and all this stuff right now, so instead of Bill Belichick saying I have to do what's best for me, it's more of a Robert Kraft doing what's best for him, and that's ultimately where this is going to go and where it's going to end up. And as for last night's game, look, it was great to see them get a win. If they lose out the rest of the season, go 3-14 is what it is. I'm just hoping that five years from now, like not in the next like two to three years, it's not in the same place. And that in like two to three years, we kind of see like, you know what Detroit's going through right now. Like look at Detroit, Detroit Lions two years ago, one of the worst teams in the league. Now they're one of the top teams in the league and everyone looks at them. I know there's still some kinks there with their defense, but, but still it's just one of those things where you want to see competitive. Yeah. You, you want to see competitive ever since Tom left. That's all I've been asking for is every Sunday to be competitive. And this year, Sure, they've only won three games, but there's only been, I think, three of those games where they weren't really competitive, and that was the two blowout losses, Dallas and the Saints, and then uh, what was the other one? The Miami Dolphin game. They were competitive, but then they let it get away from them. So that's how you view things, and that's that's, that's just how I look at them. But this Sunday, we do have a full slate of football we got to talk about. And before before I talk about the slate down below, i got to tell you guys about a little friend of ours and that's Bodog. I preach it every time, guys. But if you scan the QR code that's in this video right now, Bodog will match up to $400 on your first deposit. It's a collaboration by myself and the Down by Two podcast. So Bodog, for all your NFL betting needs this coming Sunday, remember, guys, please play responsibly. But anyway, Phil, we get things started Sunday in New Orleans in a stadium you and I both have been in, in the Superdome, where the Saints are playing the, the Panthers. Places. Yep. One of the best places. The only thing I really have to say about this game is I'm just more intrigued to see what do the Saints do because they're a team that they just keep tripping over their own feet. They like they don't yeah. like they they're walking with two left feet right now. 
And, and, and one thing I'll say about the Saints, too, that and I'll even talk to a well fellow uh, former co-worker now, but a co-worker at the time that, like, she was just adamant about Derek Carr has this attitude problem. He doesn't, like, take accountability. And I was like, no, like, some of these receivers are literally quitting on it. Like, I like from what I, th- I had seen. But n- more and more lately, I'm like, Derek Carr, I'm seeing it now. Like, I'm starting to – like, I liked Derek Carr. I was a big Derek Carr guy. But, like, I'm starting to see, like, it, it is – it is very obvious he's not taking the accountability that you want out of your quarterback. So um, obviously there's injuries and stuff with the quarterback, you know, that's just been the, 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 was the theme of the year in general. (laughs) So if you don't have quarterback problems, you might want to hold on tight until the end of the year. um, Cause it might be you next, but, but yeah. So like with the Saints, I mean, I, the Saints are kind of what they are. Um, I mean, the Panthers, I could go on all day about the fact that, firing a head you just drafted a rookie quarterback and you fire your head coach not even the years it has passed yet i know a lot of people didn't a lot of panthers fans didn't like frank wright but i think not even giving him a year not even getting him two years was ridiculous but that's we'll see how they maybe i'll be proven wrong and when they hire a better coach i don't know but um it the panthers is just it, the panthers is a weird one because it's like i feel like their coach is their their owner likes to run it like a business and not a football team. It's like, hey, let the football guys do the football stuff, and you just sit back, shut up, and let them do them. Put trust in your guys. It's like it's literally a boss who doesn't trust his employees, and he's micromanaging every single little thing. That's what the Carolina Panthers are right now. It seems like it. And with the Saints, though, it's kind of the same thing where, look, they keep doing this every year where they keep pushing back the envelope. Oh, we're going to do – the, we're going to do the salary cap stuff. Every year, it's always there in salary cap help, but they push it back, push it back. I think you either have to do one or two things for this offseason if you're the Saints. You either have to, and also I say this too, and I say this lightly, but I think missing the playoffs for them is better long-term than it is short-term because you're only setting yourself up for failure, I think, whoever wins this division because all four teams right now, especially the Panthers, aren't in a good spot. Um, but with the Saints, you either have to retool it and get rid of some other guys or you know what? You have to just say, fuck it. We're going all in and we're going to try to win. That's what they have to do. You have to find the right quarterback. You just can't find like a Derek Carr. You have to go out there, big game hunting, go and, you know, try to get like a Kirk Cousins in free agency. Go get someone who's of meaningful value because they still have a good defense. They kind of are where the Patriots were in the last couple of seasons where it's like, hey, they have some pieces there, but it's not a complete team yet. So with the Saints, I don't know what to think with them. But as for this game, I think they win, but I like Carolina to cover the six. I think the Saints win, but it's a close one because NFC South football, as you know, as someone who lives in NFC South territory, it's always either one or two things. It's either a blowout or it's a very close game that comes down to the wire. So I think that's ultimately what Sunday is going to be. I think it's going to be a low-scoring close game, like a 20-17. to yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, I think the Saints win. I don't. Is Derek Carr playing? He is hasn't he cleared protocol yet. He still is questionable. But I feel like if he's questionable on Friday, and especially with the concussion word in there, I can't see him playing. He may, but I think it'd be better if he didn't. Yeah, and I think Jameis Jameis uh, will get enough uh, reps to 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 get the the job done. In my opinion, yeah. I just was curious. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Saints win too. I think the Carolina could cover. I don't know. I don't want to go one way or the other, but. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they did, like you said. Yeah. And then next we have Baltimore versus L.A., which I, 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 I view this the same light. We're Baltimore, and as we're coming closer to 300, Phil had one of the earliest, probably the earliest very hot take that came true, which was Baltimore losing in the 2020 playoffs to the Tennessee Titans on Divisional Weekend. But Baltimore's looking like they're going to be right back there again, maybe getting the one seed, maybe getting the bye. 
but you have a Rams team all of a sudden that's just turned it around and got incredibly hot. So like, I feel like the Rams are going to, the Rams, excuse me, the Ravens are going to win this game. I just don't know how confident I am in that they're going to go in there and just wipe the floor with them completely. Yeah. Uh, I, let me tell you of all the teams that are like, no team has been great. Kansas city losing last week to, uh, Oh, well, I can't think of who okay. they lost. It. Thank you. Green Bay, which Green Bay looks good too. So there's half and half on that. Yeah. But, my point is, is that of all the teams that are, you know, like the Bills are struggling, like all the ones that the Bengals don't have Burrow, like there's, you know, even though they won last week, but like now you have the Ravens who are kind of, I say quietly, maybe that's not the right word, but like they're kind of quietly the best team going into the playoffs currently. Like obviously we still have a few weeks left to see what happens. So that I'm very intrigued to see what that is. I don't know. I have honestly haven't watched enough Ravens games to, to see – like how their defense is playing, but, um, but yeah, I think the Ravens are 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 in a good spot right now. Um, I do think they beat. They're playing the Chargers or the Rams. They're playing LA. the Rams. They are playing Rams. the Rams. Okay, the Chargers are playing the Broncos. We'll talk about that game in a bit. Okay, so yeah, sorry, I forgot honestly, but yeah, so they're playing the Rams, and the Rams are right now um, pretty. I say mediocre. I mean, they kind of they're good. They're not bad. They're not good, but. Um, yeah, I think I, I definitely think the Ravens win this. How by how much? I don't know. I'm not confident in, in saying that because I do think the Rams' offense, when playing well, is is still pretty good, especially if you uh, have fantasy. Shout out to those starting playoffs this week. Um, but yeah, so I think I think the Ravens win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Also, if I, have I, seem distra- if I seem half distracted to everyone, I apologize. But Otani Watch is kind of taking over my life right now. Um, for a very is he, is, did he get signed? Did he get signed? No, we don't know. Okay, he's not in, in, he's he's not in Toronto. Okay. He's in Southern California right now. So there was a okay. plane that was going from Santa Ana to Toronto. Everyone assumed it was him. It's just everything's going crazy. So if you see me, um, if you see me distracted, that's why I'm trying to get as much. I don't blame you. I, I was looking it up today, but I, I haven't looked back since. If it breaks during the podcast while we're talking about the Bengals and the Colts, great. Which Bengals and Colts? This is. The very interesting game because you have two teams that are in the thick of the playoff hunt. Both starting quarterbacks are out. We're not getting Joe Burrow and Anthony Richardson. We're getting Jake Browning against Gardner Minshew. Um, I'm going to say this right now. The Bengals impressed me enough to where I want to go with this. I like this bet. Bengals to win, but the over to hit because both teams' defenses can be questionable at times, have a lot of offensive firepower on both sides of the ball. The total right now is only at 43 and a half. So I love like a 27 to 24 style football game. Like nothing too, too crazy. Not like, not like Texas, Oklahoma, but like I could see a game similar to what we saw last night in terms of scoring. I know obviously last night was only 21, 18, but that's similar parallel, you know, where there's teams are trading shots. Cause also too, both these border backup quarterbacks are more competent than the ones that were playing last night, even though we still love you, Bailey. All right. I, this made me think of something I got to ask. Did you hit the over for last night? I did not bet the over. What was, actually, what was it set at, too, by the way? Because that seems like, like that 30. Was, it was like 30 was and a half. Easy. Yeah, no, no, I know it was set at 30, but like, what could you win? Like, what what was the odds, right? I don't Did remember you, off the top yeah, of my head. Okay. The, the only, the only I'd hit that over all day on that. Like, this, the odds are just too. I hit three bets last <laughs> night, though. I hit three. I bet New England to win because I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. I, I did Zeke. For, I did Zeke good. for the first touchdown of the game because I was like, you know what? I feel wow. Like there and, you go. Okay. And also, too, I got the birthday boy. I got Hunter Henry because I'm like, with all the receivers okay. that were out, everyone was like, oh, like Tyquan Thornton him, could yeah. do this or like Jalen Rager. And I'm just like, not a bad bet. Hunter there Henry. He's been quiet yeah. and he got two touchdowns last night. So there you have that. But with Wait. this with this game though, it's just it's interesting because it can go either way. But I feel like the Colts are that team where it's kind of like. 
they need that. You know, when teams lose, like pump the brakes, where it's kind of like, hey guys, like you need you need a setback loss, especially too if you want to be competitive in December. I feel like that's the other reason why I want to go Cincinnati here. Yeah, I think I was one other thing for the actual game because I was just wanting to mention that. But no, uh, no problem. But yeah, but Jake Browning, I'll have to say, like he's kind of fit the perfect back backup role. You don't you don't expect anything to. You know, you don't expect him to like shock the world or anything like that, but he's playing a you know a competent quarterback, which is what your backup should be. Like you can't expect like Joe Burrow behind the scenes or right behind Joe Burrow, but um, I think he's playing good enough. And I think I, I also think the Bengals could win this game, and actually I think they will. Um, the Colts are just kind of like you just kind of like they kind of beat up on some of the teams, but then it's like when they when it's time for them to to really show it, they don't really. They don't really do that great, at least so far that I've seen. So I'm going to go with the Bengals for sure. Yeah, it's just I'm just the same thing too. Where it's like you know what, Bengals. It just it the Bengals are a team they know how to win. They were in the Super Bowl not even two years ago. So I feel like as long as I'll say this too about this game, whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win this game. Yeah. Quarterback yeah. ball security is going to be huge in this football game on Sunday. But we stay in the NFC North, AFC North. Excuse me for this next game where Cleveland plays Jacksonville. And I don't know what Trevor Lawrence is going to do in this yeah. game. I don't know if he's going to play or not. But because of that reason, I like Cleveland in, like, a very low-scoring, ugly football game. I like I like a muck-it-up, like, you know, 13-10 to 10 football game. Like I think last night, this game has the potential to be, like, what everyone thought last night was going to be. You know, where everyone's like, this game's going to suck. Don't even watch it. I, I think this game has the potential to be that. Well, like, I said it to – I've said it for the last – probably about the last month. Like if Miles Garrett isn't at the top of your list for for defense, well for MVP, like I know they won't give it to a defensive player, but this might be the one year with all the quarterbacks going out is a possibility. And I'm like, bro, if the Browns make the playoffs, he's a big factor in that. And I think the Browns defense, like going up against, I don't think Trevor Lawrence will end up playing, but if he does, then you know, you know, cross that bridge when it when it comes. But I think the Browns defense is just too good. Right now, I think they're like you said they're going to squeak out. Like their offense is still struggling, of course, but I think they're going to they're going to end up winning this game. And I think the Browns, if they make the playoffs, like you can't not look at Miles Garrett. He'll get. I'm sure some people will give him consideration, but at the end of the day, you always go. I feel like if there's a non quarterback that does win it, it'll be Tyreek Hill, just because of what he's doing is historic. Not knocking Miles Garrett, yeah. but Miles Garrett definitely is in the deep boy conversation for sure. I think it's him, T.J. Watt, and Micah Parsons. Those yeah. are your three defensive player of the year yeah. candidates right there. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. I do think Miles Garrett, he could get MVP consideration, but I feel like Cleveland would have to win the division in order for him to do that. They would, I think if they get in as a wild card, I don't know. But if they get in and they win the division, or if for some, I just, I don't think they'll get the one seed just because, um, because of their, I think they're already at five losses. Yeah, so Baltimore would have yeah. to stumble along the way. But if Cleveland, you know, if Cleveland wins the division, if, if they let it get away from them, if Baltimore lets it get away from them and Cleveland wins the division, then I think there's a world where it could happen. But at the end of the day, I still think it's going to go. There's a few people I have in mind. Like, I think Dak Prescott. I think Hurts. Brock Purdy. Hurts I, is also. I think yeah. Hurts is also in there, but I don't think he will. I don't I don't think he should get it, but that's just me. But that's just that. But we do have another exciting game Sunday. See, we talked about the Lions earlier. We have the Lions playing the Bears. Last time these two teams played, Chicago was a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. They're only a three-point underdog this time. I'm going to say this right now. I don't know if the Lions win, of the, the Bears win, excuse me, but I like the Bears to cover the spread. And a fun little bet I love for this game, David Montgomery, his first game back in Chicago, I think he's going to run it into the house for a touchdown. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds like a good bet. Yeah, I wish the, Lion, the Lions and Gibbs 
Oh, they they frustrate me with that. But I because if you have Gibbs of Fantasy, you understand what I'm going through. But uh right. but yeah, like I agree with you. Like I think the game, you know, like this seems like two teams that play each other close. Like did Fields plays the, the last game? Yeah. He did, oh wait, wait, wait. Or did he not? Yes, yes, he did. It was a few weeks ago. I'm pretty sure he played in that game. Okay. You can we, 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 we can kind of ramble and yeah. go, but I'm like 95% yeah. sure. I'm, I am too, but I, uh, you can check on that. But, yeah, I, I think I, – I mean, I think, like I said, the Bears can they can keep it close, but, I mean, the Bears are kind of an interesting Six, one. But 16 for 23, 169 okay. yards, mm. throwing, and a touchdown, and a QBR of 105.2. So, yeah. Justin Fields did play in that yeah. game. But he's not playing in this one. He's out, right? He's still out, right? No, he's – I'm pretty sure he's playing. Oh, he is back. Okay, all right. Sorry, I've been no, the only people on, the, on some things, but the, the main injury protocols for this team is Tyler Scott, the wide receiver, who's questionable with the hamstring, and then Yannick Ngakwe, who's questionable with a knee. Besides that, Justin Fields is back and healthy, so they're they're fine on that. Yeah, so, metrics, but yeah, so I would agree with what you said then for sure. If Fields is playing, because not that you know, I'm saying that I love Fields or not or anything like that, but I do think that you know he provides something that the Bears don't wouldn't have without him. The defense for the Bears, too, has gotten a lot better over the last few weeks. Ever since um, they did fire their defensive coordinator, he actually mysteriously left back in September. Their defense has gotten a lot better. There has been a lot of improvement there. So Matt Eberflus is doing really well with that defense. I think he's a guy that he's going to lose his job in about a month, but he will get back on his feet. Someone's going to see, hey, look what he did with the Bears defense, and then he'll be a defensive coordinator on like a high-caliber team, get another head coaching gig because everyone does. This is how the NFL works. You yeah. go back, you, you hone in a D.C., it's never exactly. It's a never-ending cycle where someone's going to see that and be like, "Hey, let's hire him." And then you realize, like two years into it, no, not our guy. Let's fire him. That's exactly what's going to happen. Like Matt Eberflus is going to like I don't know, go be the DC for like the Philadelphia Eagles next year and just turn that defense around for what Sean Desai, who was with the Bears, did with them. Because I think Sean Desai could get a head coaching gig, or even too, if Dan Quinn becomes head coach in Dallas, why not call up Eberflus to go be the DC down in down in Dallas? So that's how I view it, but. That's why I think this game will be close to it mainly. I think the Bears' defense has enough to keep them in it, but I think the Lions' offense is better than the Bears' offense. That's where I think the win comes from ultimately with not trusting the Lions' defense, but I feel like the Lions' offense can do enough to where I feel like the Bears' def- the Bears offensively, I feel like Detroit will know how to stop them in crunch moments because we haven't seen Justin Fields win a game in crunch moments. I agree. No, I agree. A wonderful little soliloquy. But we have two NFC matchups this weekend. We have Atlanta taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going Tampa here because if New Orleans wins and Tampa wins, you have three teams deadlocked at six and seven for the division. And it causes <laughs> chaos. It's just it's like in the NFL, you you gotta root for chaos. And and Tampa, after this, Tampa still has to play New Orleans. Atlanta still has to play New Orleans. So it's just it's going to make for a very exciting sprint to the finish if all three teams are tied, and I think they are all tied in divisional play too because I know um, basically every team's beat uh, both teams have beaten the Saints here, but the Saints have the Saints could sweep the Panthers this weekend, so they're both they're all kind of like I don't know what the divisional records are per se, but it's, it's it just it causes it, it causes chaos, and who doesn't enjoy chaos? Yeah, and I, and I think that. Uh... Oh, I lost my train of thought. No, I think that uh, I I agree. I think like I mean this if we could be looking at another team to end up or another uh, team to be under five hundred, um, making the playoffs again. So it's gonna be a fight to the death in that division for sure. I was looking to see what the uh, let's see, 
uh, what their division records are. Uh, so Atlanta's three and zero right now in the division, so that's big on them. But and then Tampa Bay's two and one, so this could be a, a even even it up even more if Tampa Bay was to win. Um, I actually like Tampa Bay to win too. So that's gonna, like you said, create the chaos that we were just talking about. So that's it. I, I I'm rooting for the Bucks purely off of chaos. That's that's the only thing I got with this game because also too with Atlanta, it's like that Simpsons meme where it's like, get ready. Um, Get ready, guys. He's about to do something stupid. That's what the Atlanta Falcons are in a nutshell. And it's like they have to win a game they should win. They're, they'll, they'll, they'll crumble under their own pressure. So that's the other reason why I want to go for this. And then Jets versus Houston, who the Jets may have a worse quarterback situation with Zach Wilson going back in. I like the Houston Texans to rebound. I know a lot of people are thinking like Jets here and there, but I, I actually, no, wait, never mind. Houston won last week. Never mind. I like Houston just yeah, to rebound and kind of state, like Houston to state their claim. And, you know, let's change it from rebound to save their claim against the Jets team that they, they should beat, but by how much is the ultimate question. Yeah, I agree. I think Houston definitely wins this game. I think the Jets are in shambles right now when it comes to quarterback play. Um, uh, I do think – I don't really understand why they need to just stick with Zach Wilson at this point. Like, you're at, at, at this at this point in the in the season, you're, you're clearly going to go with him. So, I don't know. The change didn't really make sense. You're picking a guy that – rarely starts so it's it's the ultimate criticisms because look at the jets look at the quarterbacking situations in new york right now whenever zach wilson does something wrong like you have zach wilson where it's like oh this 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 this, this or temple oil this is this, this he gets cut 36 hours after the game then you got mr italian new jersey tommy devito where you know what they're having him like him with his chicken cutlets and his raviolis <laughs> and all this other stuff so it's two totally different quarterback dynamics yeah. because no one knew what the giants were going to be this year and tommy devito is kind of this like unsung hero if you will but then you have zach wilson where it's like hey you're supposed to be the savior jets were supposed to be good this year but as we all know the jets just you know what they always find a way to screw it up this year was unfortunate because of aaron Rodgers' injury but it's ultimately for them they're in that same boat where like look you can't look at short term of this team you got to think long term you got to think past aaron Rodgers because who knows hell who knows if aaron Rodgers plays next year i think he does but at the same time too he could go trip magic mushrooms in the forest again and be like i'm retiring so <laughs> You just you you don't know what to expect with the Jets. It's just it's one of those things where if you're the Jets organization, you have to have an answer out of Aaron Rodgers before March 15th or when free agency starts. So you can kind of go and be like, hey, do we need to go get someone? Do we need to trade for someone? Because that's even the other thing, too, where it's like with them with Joe Flacco, it's like, hey, Flacco was here last year. Why do we not bring him back this year? It's this whole thing where it's like Aaron Rodgers kind of has the organization by the balls. And he like that's literally what it is. Meanwhile, with Houston. I know everyone out there likes to say Dan Campbell for head coach of the year because of how he's turned around Detroit. But Dan Campbell's been expected to do what he's done. Meanwhile, if the Houston Texans make the playoffs, going from the second overall pick in the pit of mediocrity to making the playoffs, I think Demico Ryans gets head co- gets coach of the year. Him or he Shane Steichen. Yeah, that's the thing. Coach of the year is always yeah. a first-year head coach who exceeds expectations greatly. Meanwhile... San Francisco and Seattle, we've got a barn burner here. You've got a San Francisco team who are, I think, the best team in the NFL right now. They are the best team in the NFL. We saw they went into Philly last week, and they just took care of them cleanly. And you have a Seattle team who is very, very desperate. I don't love the spread number of 12. I think it could get covered, but I love San Francisco in this spot just to state their claim. Because here's the other thing, too. Playing in Levi's Stadium... San Francisco is just another animal there, and I think we're going to continue to see that on Sunday afternoon in, in the in the stadium that Gene's built in Levi Stadium. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think the thing to, to, to look at with this with the Niners and, and really any team, I always say this and I'll repeat it till the day I die, but that you look at like a three-game like window each time. Like, okay, three-game window, next three-game window, next three-game. And I think the Niners, like you could look at the, the window where they lost two straight or maybe even three straight, but I think it was two straight. They lost two straight. Three. It was three straight? Okay. Cleveland, so lost- Minnesota, Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati. Okay, the Cincinnati one is the one I forgot. So anyway, so the three straight there, but you could look at that Niners team, but now look at this Niners team who's rolling. They're back in the in the groove. So I think you just can't focus too much on on the past is what I'm getting at, and I think that the Niners are definitely the hottest team right now for sure. Uh, yeah, and that could end. That could change and then come back, you know. So, you know, I don't think Philly's done. I don't th- – a lot of people are, oh, yeah, you know, Philly has no chance now. But um, I think it was a good game for Philly to to wake up. And, and I mean, Philly – We'll be going to that game in a minute, but they got a big game this week too. That's I. We'll get into that in a sec. But with San Francisco, it's just it's the same thing where it's like keep stating your claim, make a hot run into January because ultimately February 11th, you want to be playing football. That's 100 what the San Francisco 49ers are about right now. Um, Vegas and Minnesota, a game that could be viewed as mid, but a game at the same time too where. I trust Vegas more than I trust Josh Dobbs. I just think the Josh, like the pastor, not experiment. It's kind of like all, like a lot of backup quarterbacks. Like, you know how right now Tommy DeVito's a, a, a folklore hero in New York. I feel like eventually he's going to have a game where we are reminded, hey, Tommy DeVito is why Tommy DeVito is. It's not, he's not this like franchise savior. He's this, you know, he's going to have a comeback to earth game. Josh, Josh Dobbs had his comeback to earth game two weeks ago against the Bears. This game's gonna be ugly and sloppy, and I don't know why, but I like the I like the Raiders here. I like the Raiders at plus money. Unless, unless Justin Jefferson returns and just, you know, wins some motherfuckers that are fantasy football leagues. That's just the <laughs> thing right now. You know, he's gonna like he'll come back and he'll put up like th- like four receptions for like 180 yards and like two touchdowns, and he's put on a Brandy Moss numbers and he wins people fantasy football leagues, and that's why he went first overall this year. But I'm gonna go off on a tangent for a second. So I want to ask you a question. 2024, you have the first pick. Who are you taking for fantasy football? It, that's tough. Um, I got two guys in mind. I got two guys. I have two guys as well. Um, honestly, because of how this season's going and how I know he how he's doing in my fantasy league, I don't. I have to kind of. It all. It, it, I'm, I'm making excuses, but it all depends on how they flow and how people are projected to go. But I think there's two people. I think Chris McCaffrey and I think Tyreek Hill. Those are my two. Those there my you two. go. <laughs> because I think Tyreek – I mean, Tyreek Hill has saved. Now I have Tua also, so that helps uh, in one of my leagues. The other league, I only have uh, Tua. But, but yeah, I think Tyreek Hill is definitely up there on, on the list. And I think Christian McCaffrey is just – he's proven longevity now. He's proven consistency. Like, how can you not? Um, and actually, funny enough, in a league, one of my fantasy leagues this year – I was had to draft on, on my phone on the app because I was I had plans, so I had to also do it on the app. And ESPN's app is terrible. Anyone that doesn't know that, so I thought it was showing me that Justin Jefferson was not available. I think I had the third pick, second or third pick. I think yeah. it might have been third. And so I was going for Justin Jefferson, but because I, it said I couldn't, even though he was there, I don't know what happened. I picked Christian McCaffrey, so it worked out yeah. in that sense because I wanted Justin Jefferson. I'm like. Why is it not letting me pick him? It doesn't even show. But for some reason, it wouldn't let me pick him. So I picked Christian McCaffrey. So that worked out in my favor this year. But he he, he was going first overall in a lot of fantasy football leagues. So yeah, my first overall pick this year, I had Diggs and Lamb, who I've traded both of them away. But I now hold. It, there's a draft pick league, so I now hold in a league next year. 
I have a first, I have two seconds, and I have two fourths. So that's why I'm looking at like for the long term of my team because I'm kind of mm. like in the middle of the pack. I'm, I'm six and seven right now. Mm. Um, but back to this game. Um, look, I like like I said, I like Vegas to cover. I'm not saying I like them to win. I like Vegas to cover the plus three. But I like Justin Jefferson to have a day. I think he's going to come back and remind everyone, hey, guys, I'm Justin Jefferson, and I'm really good at football. <laughs> Is he for sure playing this year? Yeah, he's for sure playing. Week? He's for sure playing. Oh, he's playing. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't need yeah. to see. Like I said, I've been out on, on the loop on the who's playing, who's not. I guess yeah. No, playing. he's been officially activated off IR. The Vikings released, like, a hype video. He's going to be in the lineup on Sunday. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. I, I still think I like the Raiders, though. I still think the Raiders win this one. So I'm gonna flip the script here. I'm gonna the game. The game that's next is the crown jewel of the weekend. But we're going or, or or one of the crown jewels. I'm gonna go to the next game quickly. Chargers and Broncos. I'm gonna say this right now. I do not know why the Chargers are favored here. Denver's a team that's on the bounce back. We saw it last week. The Chargers did not look good. Mm-hmm. I know they won. They did not look good. I'm sorry, they Justin Herbert's going right to now. waste right now in LA. They need new coaching in there. He needs receivers. He need, the, the Chargers just need a lot. Like they got lucky that like Bailey Zappi kind of screwed up and like exact the offensive line didn't help him out. But apart from that, like, ugh, I, I I like the Broncos here. I like I, Broncos it's funny that we're. I'm, I'm promised you guys that are watching. I'm not just agreeing with Griff because he's saying this. But the second you said it, I was like, because I'm going Broncos. Like I, I was 100 percent picking the Broncos. Um, yeah, I, th- I just think that their defense is playing pretty well. Yes. Um, I know that they gave up that 70-point game early in the season. I get that. But I think it's all about what have you done for me lately? What's the last – like like I said, I look at a three-game window, and I yeah. think the Broncos look way better than the Chargers look. And uh, it seems like the Broncos do tend to play the Chargers well too. So That's the other thing too. Divisional teams always know – divisional teams always know each other best. Flip it now to the game that's one of the better games of the day. Kansas City taking on Buffalo. Buffalo has a lot of controversy surrounding them. I don't know if you saw yesterday the comments surrounding the Sean McDermott and Al Qaeda stuff like that. You, you oh, I saw something it. about that. Yeah, I saw something. He about apparently, that. like, he basically made a thing about like how Prepared they prepared it or something, right? And stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it was very, it just, it's really messed up comments. But I'm going to say this right now. I'm going with Buffalo in this game. I know it sounds crazy to fade Patrick Mahomes coming off a loss. Here's the thing. Buffalo is coming off a really bad loss. You have a desperate team in a desperate situation to make the playoffs. The window is there for them to be open. They go up there and win. All the all the talk about the 9-11 stuff gets erased. But there's a catch to this. If Kansas City wins this game, it's just going to be crumbling more on Buffalo. And Buffalo ultimately has been one of the more disappointing teams of this year. So for Buffalo, it's a chance just to rewrite what you've gone through so far. Because if you look at all their games recently... Barely beat the Giants. Lost to New England. Where he made Mac Jones, like, have Mac Jones' best game of the season. Um, Narrowly narrowly beat the Bucs. Lost to the Bengals. Lost to the Broncos. Beat the Jets, but then you lost to the Eagles. And that Eagles game is a game they they should have had. So that's where I'm looking at this, where I'm just like... um, What was I going to say? This game, this is just this is where I think yeah. this is where Buffalo no. gets a redemption story. This is the Buffalo game. This could be this could ultimately be the game, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself. This could be the game that really turns our season around because if they go into Kansas City and win, it's this sense of hey, who's stopping us? And also, too, I'll say this in the NFL: there's nothing more desperate than a team that has nothing to lose. They've got nothing to lose at this point. They they have their dignity on the line. Like Buffalo needs to win this game. 
And I agree with that. I did. I, I definitely don't get me wrong. I agree with what you're saying. I think you've made some great points on 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 Buffalo and 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 also Kansas City. But I, I just I'm not. I'm going with Andy Reid off of a loss. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes off of a loss. Uh, I think the Chiefs win this game. But I will say this about this game. That, I mean, because Bills, like I said, until you've proved me that you can show up in one of these big games. Like I mean, I know that the Eagles and Bills game was close, but. Um, until you can show that you can close one of these games out here recently, I'm, I'm not going to trust you. But I will say this: like, does this game just not feel like it should feel like it should feel like we're two powerhouses that we're going to see in a rematch later in the playoffs? But that's not what we're getting this time. We're no, kind of getting think... two teams that are very much, maybe not a lot underperforming. Was when we we're talking about the Chiefs, but both teams are very much not where we thought they would be. The Chiefs are underperforming in the sense of they're held to that Patriot bar where it's kind of like. Yeah. Hey, we right. expect you at this time of the year to be just finishing all the opponents you have. Like there was years with New England. Like remember the Miami Miracle loss where they like just had this devastating loss. They have these other games too, like the game against Philadelphia. You let get by you. There are certain losses where it's kind of like, guys, those are games you got to have. You got to win those games. Even the, even the Lions game opening day too, it's the same thing too. And even the game against the Denver Broncos, which got me eliminated from survival. Um, there's certain games in there where Kansas City, you look at them and you're like, you got to win that. You're number 15 for a reason. Like, for example, Travis Kelsey, will he be there next year? I don't know. I'm not trying to start stuff, but at the same time, too, he wants to get into acting. His world in Hollywood is growing. So with Travis Kelsey, it's just another world where it's like, hey, this could be his last year. We don't know. So for the Chiefs, like I said, I'm not confident in my Buffalo pick. I just think that a desperate team, like Buffalo is more desperate than Kansas City. Kansas City's just, because Kansas City's going to win the division. They're going to do what they have to do. But we'll ultimately see where it goes. And then for Sunday night football, this is the game I feel like ultimately can decide the division. This is the game right here. And I'm going to say this because I don't love this pick. I hate this pick because the other team's coming off a bullying loss. I like the Dallas Cowboys. I like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, this is this is a tough game. So I don't I I I I feel your hesitation because I when making my picks through like Yahoo, like the Yahoo league that I'm in where you make your picks, like I was even doing the same thing. I'm I, like, I sat there and I wondered, I was like, you know, this is a game that Dallas should win because Philly won the last one. And they're, you, they, you, you would think they're both at the top. Like they're two top teams. Like they're going to switch. They're going to, they're, you know, they're, they're going to uh, split the games, but, but something just tells me Philly. So, I mean, I, I just it. think Philly. Yeah. I, I like I'm not confident in my Dallas pick. Like I just think like they're they're a good team at home. They're everything else. So like with Dallas, it's kind of like a hold. Your, it's like a hold. Like you know, hold your breath and count to ten. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or it's that. It's basically it's not it's not comfortable. You don't like it. Basically, I hold your breath. Someone let out a rip it. Uh, let out a stinky fart. That's essentially what it is. You know, when someone's <laughs> like there, you're like, no. Fuck. right. That's, that's what that's what the pick is. That's what it is. Next game. So Monday Night Football is weird this week. We have two games. We have two games that we're yeah. ending with. Why are they doing it this way? That's weird. I don't know. I looked at this. I, I thought I was doing a double take because I thought it was only Packers and Giants. Yeah. I'm going to say this. I like the Giants. I think the Packers looked good last week against Kansas City, but six and a half, I think, is too many points. I think the Giants – I like the Giants to cover. I like the Packers to win. I like the Giants to keep it close. You know, give give Tommy Cutlets another week and know, hey, how you doing? How's your mother? <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? Yeah, you know, hey, yeah. hey. No, I'm go- I'm gonna go with Green Bay though, but I, I see your points. But um, Green Bay to win, I just think Green to cover. That's my pick. Oh, oh, you got Green Bay to win. Okay, yeah, all right. Green so Bay yeah, I'll, I'll, okay. I don't know about the cover, but I'm going with Green Bay to win for sure. 
I'm the same thing in the Monday Night Football. We're keeping it short and sweet. Miami, just don't don't overthink it. The Miami Dolphins are a good team. Yeah, Tennessee is terrible Miami. on the road. Yeah. And Miami's a team that, look, they got a crash course collision to finish the year because Christmas Eve they play the Dallas Cowboys, and then they play the Baltimore Ravens, and then they play the Buffalo Bills. So Miami's got a couple layups coming up with the Titans, the Jets. That's yeah. about it. Like you I got nothing to say about this game. You said it earlier about Kansas City. These are games you got to win. You yeah. just win and move on. So Miami – that's it. It's a 12-point spread. Yeah. It's 12 points. Everyone's thinking that you're going to go in there and just whoop the Titans. Who knows if that happens, but I think this could be a track meet kind of football game. But anyway, guys, Phil, agree. episode yeah. 266, my friend. I don't think you were – last time I think you were on, like we were in the 180s or the 190s. I was about to say, I don't think I've been in the 200s yet. Yes, yeah, so you were in the, you're in the 200 club right now. You're This was literally episode 266 in the bag. Shout out to Randy for making this all happen. Randy, when he, yeah, Randy, Randy wants you're a, guest, a legend, always a legend. When he wants a guest, he's going to tweet it out. So we got to say that just basically saying, asking you shall receive okay, Randy. Yeah. I was thinking about a million title names for the episode, but that's what we're going with. You know what? Just, you know, ask Randy and you shall receive. But anyway, guys, enjoy week 14. Can you believe it's already week 14 of the NFL season? Bro, it, I can't even believe it's December. <laughs> I can't, bro. Before yeah. we know it, we'll be at the Super Bowl, and then it's the off season. It's just like, oh, what happened? About the draft September? again? Yep, yep. Nope, you're don't right. like it. But anyway, guys, for Nightmare Ten once again, I'm Griff. Thank you very much for listening to another episode. Thank you, guys. Of YWC Football Talk. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.